This episode is brought to you by Beloved Prosper, a whole life wellness coaching practice. Stop by BelovedProsper.com and sign up for a 20-minute complimentary coaching consultation to see if and how we may support you on your journey to whole life wellness. Beloved, it's your time. Welcome to Beloved Prospers to Give You Hope, a podcast where we share the goodness of God through the experiences of others to encourage you to wait patiently on the Lord and allow Him to strengthen your heart. Beloved, I'm Coach T, and I'm so blessed to welcome you to our episode, Hope and Wait. Ever been in a time-sensitive situation? Needed assistance from others that weren't concerned with your time constraints? Well, today's special guest, Daniela Arcos Narvaz, shares how she learned to hope and wait on the Lord. So, what is that personal testimony that you'd like to share with everyone to give them hope? It has been a long journey, but the testimony that I want to share today is about me going to college because yay I'm going to college (laughs) after five years of waiting wow yeah it it has been a very long journey I graduated from high school in 2015 as I came out I didn't know what I wanted to do I have no idea I took six months off then I studied for a year and a half another language I studied French and I I studied a little bit more in English and um, I, I had no idea what I wanted to do. I grew up thinking that I was, you know, probably I was going to be a more uh, bio- biologist or a international relationships. You know, it was, I was all over the place. <laughs> and it was so, it's so funny how God places things because I had to come to the United States in order for me to know what God wanted me to do. I, I had no idea. So let me tell you about this because it doesn't fit in my mind to understand the wonderful path that the Lord was opening for me. Mm-hmm. Now, for those of you that don't know what an au pair is, it's a young lady most commonly Uh, from another country that comes to the U.S. or to another country to work as a nanny for a family, but she lives with that family and you take care of the whole kids. I came to the U.S. as an au pair. I have been here since 2018. I had the opportunity also to join the church where I met Coach T. (laughs) And it was a really good start for being an au pair here. When you find a church, you find a family. So it was a very good support that I needed at the time. One day I remember talking, you know, we were sitting down at a table, our table, and, <laughs> and someone asked me this question and they said, Denny, like, what do you want to study? Like, what do you want to be? And I sincerely said, I don't know. Like I have been here, you know, here and there. I was leaning more towards being a translator. So I, 
working as a translator because I, you know, I'm from Ecuador, so I speak Spanish. So I was really into that. And then I got this <laughs> suggestion like, oh, what about, you know, missionary? Like Coach T had called <laughs> me for some, some time, the little maid. You have to explain what pe- what that means to people so they don't get the wrong idea. <laughs> <laughs> well, why don't you explain them? Well, there's that story in the Bible of Naaman. And for those who know the story of Naaman, there was the little Israelitish maid that was taken into captivity and was serving his wife. Well, in that story, in that account, Naaman, we know, had leprosy. And the little Israelitess maid said, would that my master know that there was a God in Israel? And so because of that witness of that little young maid, well, of that maid, we don't know how old she was, because of her witness, Naaman was cleansed in more ways than one. And so when I think of you, Dan, I always thought of how you were sent to this family and you were able to, you know, minister to them just as they, the Lord uses them to minister to you. So I always thought about that. So, yes. <laughs> yeah. So that's the story behind the little maid. <laughs> <laughs> so I remember Coach T mentioning the little maid uh, or, you know, as a relation to missionary work. So then we started, you know, I started asking being a missionary is something that I has always interested me. But at the same time, I was like, I don't know, like, if I can really do it. I was very enthusiastic with the idea. And that's why also I wanted to study and be a translator so I can also help in the missionary field and communicate with people. But when the idea came up about uh, a medical missionary, I was really impressed in a very good way about it. So I started, you know, questioning which is school, I don't know where, you know, where to study, where to go. A school came up and I started to do my research. But with that, trials started to come. You know, we all have had trials throughout our, our life. But through this, trials started to come. And I remember it was a time where it was very stressful. I was having issues here at my job. I was having issues with my family. I was having, you know, personal struggles. And it reached to a point, and I remember one time I even had to go to the doctor because, you know, my heart was hurting and I was having all this anxiety and stress. But the Lord, the Lord always sends something, a verse or someone to help me, to really be there for me. And one of the verses that I love love, love that Coach T (laughs) always says to me is, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of wisdom, of power, and of a sound mind. So every single time that I'll have fear, that verse will come to mind and be like, no, God has not given us a spirit of fear. So after doing my research, after digging a little bit more to see that school, you know, looking at the curriculum, looking at what they will require for me. I was like, okay, Lord, (laughs) 
hear me out. <laughs> Let's see if this is really the school where you want me to go, right? Because I was, you know, super anxious. So I was like, okay, we were going to a youth retreat. And I said, okay, there is like very low chances that in this retreat, this school can, you know, come up in any ways. I was like, Lord, I don't care if it's a pen that I see from that school. If that is where you want me to go, please show it. You know, please, may I see something from there? And I was praying. And I, I, I remember I asked a community of people to pray and to help me ask the Lord if that is really what he wanted for me. So we went to this retreat. And the first thing I noticed is a lady comes up to us and she starts talking and she's like, oh, and what do you want to do? And I'm like, I want to be a medical missionary. And she says, oh, where? You know, where do you want to study? I'm like, I'm looking at this college. And she's like, oh, wow, really? You know, like, I think she said she worked there or she had a friend that worked in there, something like that. But, you know, she, it was out of the blue. Like, I didn't even know this woman. And she started sharing that with us. And I was just, I was like, okay, like, okay. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I was out of the blue. Then uh, we went inside, inside the building. And then I see another guy walking by. And he has a shirt from this school. <laughs> and I'm like, really? <laughs> I'm like, okay. I got two. Like, I was already going to do it. <laughs> and then the last one came, and we had booths set up for afterwards, right? So people can show what, what the, the gifts and the talents that the Lord had provided them with. And I have always wanted, you know, to get myself involved in volunteering and all of that. So I see this booth about a organization that they will send missionaries to certain country. And I asked them, I'm like, oh, that's, you know, that's so nice. Like, do you partner with any colleges? And the first college <laughs> that they mentioned <laughs> is this college that I was planning to, that I'm, that I'm accepted now, right now, but that I was planning to go to. So I was just like, okay. And as soon as that youth retreat was over, I went home and I was like, okay, I'm going to start my application because, you know, okay, I got no doubt, no doubt. So that's where the process started. Now, from that point to being accepted and to <laughs> actually being there, so many things have happened. And let me tell you just a couple of things that have happened from there. So I was planning to go to school, to enter into the, in the school in March of this year, of 2020. The au pair experience, the au pair cultural exchange, it can last up to two years. So I came here in March. I was supposed to leave in March of 2020. And I was like, okay, probably, you know, if I get accepted into the school, I can stay in March and it's going to fit perfectly because March finish my my time as an au pair in March I start classes so I send my application and all of that and then the school tells me that they are changing the program 
I will have to wait until June of 2020 to have an answer. First, I was upset, of course, because I was like, I want to go study now. <laughs> I want things now. But the Lord had other plans. So as we are approaching March, you know, January, February, March, and we have like a travel month for au pairs. So they allow us to stay another month in the States until we, you know, can fly or can depart. As we are in that phase, COVID mm -hmm. hits. And I remember just two days calling everybody, <laughs> just like, what happened with this? Where is my flight? What happened with this thing? I was calling everybody. I didn't know what was going on. I checked my flight. My flight to Ecuador was canceled. It was a whole lot of things. Mm -hmm. And I got an extension. So I talked with my area director. My area director is the lady that takes care of the au pairs in an area. And she said, Danny, you were not even going to fit into this extension that we were going to apply for, for au pairs, but we made you fit in it because your travel departure and your arriving date were not included. Mm -hmm. anyways I fit in the Lord made me fit in that category so I got an extension for two months so it was already April so he's like May and June right mm -hmm. so again we keep going right May June and June again comes back the anxiety because I'm like in June before leaving I get this very good news that I have been accepted into the school, right? So I'm rejoicing. I'm, I am so glad and so happy that I'm getting into school, but I have to leave, right? So then I get these wonderful news again that <laughs> the J1 program that is the category of the program that I am under has granted an exemption of six months to all au pairs that you know, fit in certain period of time. So I was like, okay, you know, I'm done. Well, why did that, why did that matter um, at that time to get an extension when you were here till June and you were going to go to school? Why did it matter to have another extension? Were you not able to go to school in June? I needed to change my visa. So soon as I heard from the school, the school issued a paper that is required by the Department of Homeland Security, if I'm not mistaken, that's how you say it. The USCA, mm -hmm. just call it like that. <laughs> <laughs> but the college, because I am inter an international student and I am changing my visa, uh, in order to apply for a change of visa, you need a paper or a statement from the school, it's called the I-20, saying, that yes, you have been accepted to the school and yes, you have, you know, the means to pay for it and, or like, you know, you are a student, like you are really going to be a student. So I needed first the confirmation for this, from the school to be able to apply for that visa. Now, previously right. in March, I had applied for an extension of my current visa because I was like, I don't know what is going to happen. So let me just make sure that I put just in case something happens. Now, in June, I get all the 
means that I get the extension, that I'm accepted. I'm happy again. I'm like, okay, I can, you know, <laughs> working out. Yes. <laughs> and then I apply for my visa to change my status. So I applied for F1 visa. And from then on, I had just to wait. And I was waiting and waiting and waiting <laughs> and waiting. <laughs> and I, I remember calling USCIS and I was like, yes, hi, how are you? You know, do you have any updates on the case? You know, providing the information. And all they could tell me was like, yeah, your process is in the normal processing time. And on July, they called me to take my fingerprints. So that was like a step. I was like, you know, hopeful again, right? That we were moving somewhere. Right. But after that, again, it was just like, I just have to wait. Right, right. You know, that's a good point. You got accepted into school. Um, you were issued that document so that you could apply for your visa. You applied for your visa and then you had to wait. What's the normal waiting time? I mean, because basically you had to wait during COVID, <laughs> right? So did you learn what the normal waiting time is? When I looked in the website of USCIS, it said the normal processing time for of change of a status to an F1 visa takes from nine to 12 months. Wow. So it was a long time. And that was, that was part of the problem and not like of the anxiety that was bringing me because, Hey, I had just an extension of six months until December. And if I went back to Ecuador, I will have to start the process all over again. Oh, wow. Okay. So if I had to go back I will have lost all the process, all the money, and I would have to buy the t plane ticket again, you know, get everything ready again and come back, right. which right. didn't make any sense. And I was very upset about it because I was like, you know, you start when, when, and that is, that is the trap too. When you have trouble, you start blaming other people. You start trying to at, at someone. And I was like, oh man, the person, this person told me that I could apply. And why did they tell me that if they knew that it would take so long? I remember after taking my fingerprints, I was like, okay, you know, what's the next step? <laughs> tell me, tell me, like, let me know. But then I had no answer and I just had to wait. And as I was waiting, as December was approaching, I was just so anxious because December was approaching and my visa was not coming. None of the visas that I had applied for, the student or the extension. And I was like, Lord, what, what is what this? Do you want? Like, yeah. What do you want? <laughs> right. Like, what but at the same time, there was not as much anxiety as before. Amen. I want to ask you why? Yeah. Why? Why was why? there not a, yes. <laughs> because at the very beginning of this process as a no pair, I had what is called a rematch. Basically I was living first in Miami and the family there, you know, we didn't really match. So they didn't want me there anymore. And I was in Miami for like a month and a half. 
I had no friends. I didn't know nobody. I had nowhere to stay. I ended up staying with a friend that I met like two weeks before that, you know, that day. She allowed me to stay in her house for two weeks. But during that time, I remember that is one of the darkest, lowest times that I've ever experienced in my life. I remember just crying up to the Lord and saying, why? I prayed. I, you know, every single day for a year, I prayed that if this is your will, let it happen. And when I come here, why is this happening? If I prayed, why is this happening to me? If I said, you know, you open the door and you allow me to come here, why is not working now? Mm. And when the miracle happened that I just had until Wednesday to get a family and I had no family on Sunday. That's the Sunday before that Wednesday. And I had no families. I had no interviews. I had no one. On Monday, I get an email <laughs> from, from a family that I am with right now. And they're like, how would we like to interview you? By Wednesday, they said, we want you. Amen. Amen. And during that time, though, that you were staying with this friend, what happened there? Oh, a revival. Because we were studying, and I love this friend so much. Probably I'm going to send her this podcast when it's done. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you so much but it was a revival because we I remember we were studying the bible four hours straight we were Amen. praying we were just really getting to know the lord I remember we were studying and at the same time you know I was dealing with this anxiety I remember I gained weight I was really anxious I was you know, sad. I couldn't sleep. My back was hurting. It was a very stressful moment, but at the same time, I could taste peace of the Lord. And when I decided to let it go, like to give up, I, I remember one day, it was so funny. We went to the Dollar Tree store because I literally had little money. I had little to none money. And I was trying to get some gifts for my family. I'm like, I can only afford the dollar store. <laughs> so we went in there and I was getting gifts for my family. I remember I got some puzzles. I got some, you know, some things that I know they like. And I remember feeling that moment, surrender, complete surrender. I was like, Lord, I leave it up to you. I'm ready to go back. If that is what you want, I'm ready. But he decided to keep me here. And when I had the interview with the family that I am with right now, I remember saying, you know, I believe God has a plan. And if he wants me to stay here, he will, you know, allow me to stay here. And when I talk with my boss right now, he says, when you said that, that's why I decided that we were going to take you. Amen. 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 So from that experience, you're saying that you learned though you still had your challenges to continue to trust in God. So over this whole time, that helped to prepare you for your experience that you had um, waiting on school and waiting on your visa. Exactly. So as this was approaching, I could feel more peace that the Lord was trying to give me. And I started singing that song of 
this is my father's world. Amen. And right. <laughs> that thought hit me. You know, the Lord was like, you know, like who created this world? <laughs> you know, like, uh, you? <laughs> You're like, this is, you know, this is my work. Like I created it and you are my daughter. So I was able to say, this is my father's world. That's right. Like, it's no, you know, someone else's world. This is my father's world. And what he says is going to happen, that is going to happen. That's right. So again, I had that peace that surpasses all understanding. And I was just ready to go one more time. I was ready to go one more time. I remember I was trying to choose a flight. I didn't really know where to go. So if I didn't choose a flight by a certain date, I will have to pay a fee. And I provided the money to pay that fee so I could take my time. Amen. And Amen. As I was, you know, trying to decide, finally, I was like, okay, I'm going to leave. You know, the Lord has a better plan for me than I will ever imagine. I was thinking about selecting the flight. And as I as I wake up one day, one Friday, <laughs> I go check my phone and I see an email from USCIS. Mm. How did you feel when you saw that email? And you didn't know, because of course you didn't open it yet. So what were you thinking when you saw the email? I, uh, the, the headline of the email said, we have taken action on your case. Okay. So I immediately started shaking. <laughs> And I was not brave enough to open the email by myself. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I was not brave enough. I was like, I have to do something because I have to call somebody. I have to, you know, talk to someone because if I open this and, you know, whatever it is, I need support. Yeah. So I call a friend, Donna, if you're listening to this, <laughs> hi. <laughs> Thank you. And I call this friend and when she picks up, she says, hey, darling, what's up? And I'm like, I'm freaking out. And she's like, oh, I'm freaking out too now. <laughs> oh, she said her in tone with me. <laughs> mm -hmm. But together, I opened my email. And I saw that it said, your name was updated. I'm like, I didn't get married. When my <laughs> name was updated, like, I don't, what happened? As I go on to check. I download a file. It was taking forever, by the way. Of it course, was of course. Ever. And as I open the file, it says, the present is to inform the, you know, the lady with this name, Laura Daniela Arco Narvaez, that her application to change extend the status of the F1 category visa has been, and I was like, ah! <laughs> And then I read the words, approved. Amen. Wow. I started crying. I just started crying. This was, now you said the normal time was nine to 12 months? Yes. And this was within six months or less? I think it was even less than five months because I applied on June 30th, I think. Mm-hmm. And... Six months would have been, you know, December 30th. So it was almost five months. Yeah. And it's interesting. 
there's so mm. much to this story. It's so rich. And I know there's there's more to it. It's still unfolding. And I want to ask you, um, as we begin to start to wrap up, you shared so many good scripture verses. Was there another one that relates to your testimony that you shared? I have the most relatable verse that I could ever find in the Bible. And it's amazing because sometimes, you know, you think that the Bible, there is no way the Bible talks about this. Like There is no <laughs> way, right? But when you go to Lamentations okay. 3, 25 and 26, and it says, the Lord is good unto them that wait for him, to the soul that seeketh him. It is good that a man should both hope and quietly wait for the salvation of the Lord. Amen. Amen. And why does that relate, Dan's? <laughs> <laughs> because all I have been doing is waiting. Yeah. All I have been doing is waiting, you know? And yes, I had to, you know, submit that application. But after I put that application in there, what did I have to do? I just had to wait. And after I put that in there, you know, after I reached the next step, what did I have to do? I just had to wait. I just had to wait for the deliverance for the salvation of the Lord. I it was, it was a constant waiting, but it's not, it's not as the world waits. It's waiting in Christ. What does that mean? I was just waiting for the salvation of the Lord, you know, because waiting when you wait in the Lord, that is also an action. Mm on your own, you know, desires and, and strength. And when you're waiting on your own things, trying to do things on your own, that waiting is horrible. Like that waiting, <laughs> is, you know, but waiting in the Lord brings hope because yeah. you know, future. you know that you're not doing things by yourself, you know, right. You know, the, the, the one that created this world is making an opening a way for you and that how, how it feels to me so that's why when he said you know i created this world and i was able to say this is my father's world that's right i realized i'm like i am waiting on the lord right that's right there are different pieces that need to be put in place there are different people that need to be you know ready for different things there are so many things that the Lord is working on. Um, and so what are two to five practical tips that you have? So <laughs> the first one is really don't stop praying. Don't stop reading your Bible. Don't stop going to church. Find that church that is your family. You know, don't stop having a relationship with God. Don't stop when the trials become hard. Don't stop because then when the trial is harder, when the mountain seems so high, there is where the Lord is the closest. But That's there right. is where the enemy whispers more and more into your ear that he is not. Mm, cause doubt. Causes doubt, causes Fear and anxiety. And this is something that I heard in a pre is when, when I went to a youth retreat. Fear 
is a kingdom that has already been defeated. Mm. Choose to shield yourself with fear, but that kingdom mm. is already defeated. So what are you really shielding yourself with? Wow. Or you can choose to shield yourself with God, you know, with the armor of God. Yes. Right? You have your sword, your Bible, you know, that is your tool. That is what is going to help you fight the battles of this life. Right, right, right. Yes. Amen. Amen. So don't stop believing in God. Don't stop trusting him. Don't stop praying. Find a community that will support you. What else do you have? The second thing that I will say is talk. Don't be afraid to look for someone that can understand you. I have talked with Coach T so many times (laughs) and we have had you know, tears with tea, (laughs) crying conversations, laughing conversations, serious conversations, and spiritual conversations, you know? So, and not just her, not just her, but different friends, you know? As I was going through this, I had a community that I could rely on. And I don't have many you know, what people call friends, like my really, I have a lot, I know a lot of people. And I, you know, I have a lot of brothers and sisters in Christ. But my friends, people that I consider real friends to me, you know, of my peers, let's say, you know, are just three. And with those three girls, I was, you know, calling them to talking to them, you know, telling them what what was going on. I was seeking guidance too so I was not closing myself also with my boss my boss is is like a friend too to me so talking to him and being like hey you know I have this problem like what do you think seeking that adult you know uh experience with my mom you know trust your parents talk to your parents because they talking to my mom now versus when I was 15 just gives so much meaning to things. I can ask her whatever. And I know that she is going to give me such a wise counsel that, you know, it's going to help me move forward. Because that's, you know, that's what friends try to do. That friends help you go go on. And God provides you with friends. God provides you with a community, you know? And if you don't have one, you know, Pray for one. That's right. Pray for one. So you can have that friend that, you know, will come to you and say, hey, how are you doing? I heard that this is happening. You know, you want to talk about it? And it's okay if you don't want to, right? But they are going to be there. So don't close yourself. If you're going through something, talk about it. You know, really keep going. Yeah. Yes, definitely. Talk about it with those and what, I, what I'm getting from you again, that community. So it's a people, it's a group of people that God has specifically put in your life, right? Because you know, like you said, you only have a small group of friends and specifically it's small for a reason because you know, you can't share your heart with everyone, but there are godly influences, godly people that you can trust. Well, most importantly, you can trust in God Amen. to direct you to those individuals. So don't give up community. And I think you have a third one. I do. And the third one is 
you need to still go out there, like do your thing, you know, just go have fun. I know it's kind of hard with COVID, right? But don't focus just on what is going wrong. You have the trees outside. You can go to the park, take a walk, you know, call a friend. You can bake, cook. You can start a new, you know, pr uh, project. You can have a hobby. You can learn to do something else. You know, go outside, exercise. Don't just focus on, oh, this is happening and this is happening and this is happening, you know, because that is what it's going to bring more and more anxiety to it. You know, one of the things that really helped me before was, you know, being with, surrounded with people, having family fun nights at church, having, you know, bowling nights, or having, you know, just going to someone else's house to play, I don't know, like Scrabble or, or the farming thing. <laughs> just a very long game. I don't recommend playing it. Like, <laughs> you don't have the time. Just don't stop living. Don't stop yes. living. The word of the Lord says in Lamentations 3, 25 through 26, The Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul who seeks him. It is good that one should hope and wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. As children of God, we may have confident hope in his love, wisdom, and timing. Danny's testimony helps us to see that waiting is truly an action word. There are things that we can do while we wait on the Lord to do what only He can do. While we wait in hopeful expectation on the Lord, it is important to have daily devotional and prayer time as anxiety, stress, and fear will seek to want to distract and discourage you. In the book of Isaiah, we learn that even youths shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Teach me, Lord. Teach us, Lord, to wait. Beloved, I pray that this encourages and gives you hope. Until next time, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Maranatha. This episode is brought to you by Beloved Prosper, a whole life wellness coaching practice. Stop by BelovedProsper.com and sign up for a 20-minute complimentary coaching consultation to see if and how we may support you on your journey to whole life wellness. Beloved, it's your time.